For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the events of Passover. This is part two of the series. The doorpost that we put the blood on personifies and represents a circumcised heart. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16 says, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Then in Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 it says for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Yeshua HaMashiach and have no confidence in the flesh the spiritual circumcision is of our heart. So we put the blood of Yeshua and we apply it to our hearts or we apply it to our lives. The blood of Yeshua redeems us from sin. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Mashiach. Ephesians 1 7 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. First Peter chapter 1 verses 18 and 19 says for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold but with the precious blood of Messiah as a lamb without blemish the requirement of that lamb back in Egypt and without spot. Redemption comes through the outstretched arm of the God of Israel. In Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, it says, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. He redeems his people with a stretched out arm. In Hebrew, where it mentions about the arm, it's the Hebrew word Zeroah, and it means the arm, the forearm it represents strength Exodus chapter 6 verse 7 and I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God which brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians when you have a Passover Seder the shank bone on your plate the name given for that shank bone is Zeroah or arm this is a reference to Yeshua the Messiah Isaiah 
Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm? Who has the Zeroah of the Lord been revealed? Yeshua is referred to as the Zeroah, the arm of the God of Israel. That shank bone, once again, on the Passover Seder plate is called in Hebrew a Zeroah. That is a picture of Yeshua the Messiah. In the events of Passover, there are ten plagues that the God of Israel puts upon the Egyptians in judging them. And following these ten plagues, the children of Israel then leave Egypt on their way to Mount Sinai and then the Promised Land. In leaving Egypt, Israel ultimately camped by the Red Sea. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before me by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, and the wilderness has shut them in. Pharaoh has a change of heart, and he pursues the children of Israel after letting them go. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 5 through 7, it says, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. He's taken his whole army and pursuing the children of Israel. And at this point in time, the children of Israel grow frightened. Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. But Moses stands up and he says these words in Exodus chapter 14 verse 13. Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. The word here for salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. It is the Strong's number 3444. And Yeshua in Hebrew means salvation. It means deliverance. It means victory. It means prosperity. See the deliverance. See the victory. See the salvation. See the Yeshua of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Pharaoh and his army in pursuing the children of Israel, they end up drowning in the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 and verse 4 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 1 when it says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song, With the defeat of Pharaoh and his army and with them drowning in the sea, the children of Israel and Moses sing a song of praise unto the God of Israel. What they say and how they praise the God of Israel, this is known as the song of Moses. The deliverance for the children of Israel from Egypt comes about with a song. Since lo I come in the volume of the book it is written of me, Psalm chapter 40 verse 7 says, that the things that are written are written about to teach us about Yeshua the Messiah. His deliverance is also likened unto a song. One of the great messianic works 
of the Messiah is the role of the Messiah to restore and to regather both houses of Israel, the house of Jacob who have been exiled in the nations, return them back to the land of Israel, that being done with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and it's attributed to the work of the Messiah. That is why, therefore, in Revelation chapter 15, verse 3, it says that they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. The song of the Lamb is the work of the Messiah, and his work is associated with the redemption from Egypt and that song of Moses. You see the parallel words here in Revelation 15, verse 3, that they're saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, thou King of saints. This is analogous to the words that were said in Exodus chapter 15, verse 11, which is a part of every traditional Sabbath service. It is known as Mika Mocha. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? The defeat of Pharaoh and him drowning in the sea, Pharaoh is a type of Hasatan, the type of Satan or the devil. Ezekiel chapter 29, verse 3 says, Speak and say, Thus says the Lord God, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of the rivers. Pharaoh is called a great dragon. It's a Hebrew word, tanin. It's the Strong's number 8577. Well, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, Satan, Hasatan, is also called a great dragon. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. This Hebrew word tanim means a dragon. It means a serpent. It means a sea monster. Pharaoh is also a type of the sea monster, the mythical sea monster, known and given the name of Leviathan. Psalm 74, verses 12 through 14 says, For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You did divide the sea by your strength, referring back to the Red Sea. You broke the heads, plural, of the dragons in the waters. Dragons, tanim. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and you gave him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. The defeat is associated with Leviathan, who is a sea monster or a dragon, and he has many heads. Pharaoh is also a type of the false messiah. We can make this association by looking at first, reminding us of Ezekiel 29 verse 3. Speak and say, Thus is the Lord God. Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of the waters. And then Psalm 74 verse 13 says, You did divide the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the dragons in the water. Notice the dragon or the sea monster in the waters has many heads. Now Revelation chapter 13 verse 1 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast, Leviathan, rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Pharaoh also represents pride and the judgment of pride. Ezekiel 29 verse 3 says regarding Pharaoh that he's not only the great dragon that lies in the midst of the rivers, but Pharaoh says, my river is my own and I have made it for myself. He does not acknowledge the God of Israel. He says, no, I've made this. I've done this. A statement of pride. There's a reference to Leviathan in Job chapter 41 and it said about Leviathan that he's king over all the children of pride. Job chapter 41 verse 1 says, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or his 
tongue with the cord which you let down? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him for a servant forever? He beholds all high things. He is king over all the children of pride. Job 41 verse 34. Pharaoh represents pride which is also spoken as a reference to Leviathan. It is the right hand or the arm that defeated Pharaoh and his army at the sea. Exodus chapter 15 verse 1 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord in spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown in the sea. Your right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. Who is like thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your hand, the earth swallowed them. So it tells us in Exodus 15 verse 6 and Exodus 15 verse 12 that the victory came about through the right hand that defeated the enemy. Exodus chapter 15 verse 6. Who is the right hand or the arm? It is a reference to Yeshua the Messiah. Psalm chapter 44 verses 2 and 3 says, How you did drive out the heathen with your hand and you planted them. That's referring to Egypt. You you drove out the heathen and you planted them. You brought them into the land of Israel. How thou did afflict your people and cast them out. That's referring to judging his people after they were brought into the promised land and broke the covenant. Psalm 44 verse 3. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. That is referring to the events in the book of Joshua. Neither did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm in the light of your countenance because you had favor unto them. Psalm 98 verse 1. O sing unto the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. Exodus chapter 15 verse 11 says who is like you O Lord among God doing wonders. He's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. It's Yeshua the Messiah that makes covenant with Abraham. He's the one that brought victory for the children of Israel. He's the one that defeated Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. The children of Israel when they went into Egypt the Bible tells us that when they initially went down into Egypt that they took upon themselves the status of being servants unto Pharaoh. We see this from Genesis chapter 47 verse 1 and then verse 4 which says, Then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan and behold they are in the land of Goshen. They said moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come, to come into Egypt, to settle in Goshen. For your servant, they're calling themselves the servants of Pharaoh, have no pasture for their flocks. For the famine is sore in the land of Canaan, from which they came. Now therefore we pray thee, let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Being referred to as servants of Pharaoh, it says in Exodus chapter 1 verse 13, and Pharaoh made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. We need to understand the spiritual principle that when the God of Israel redeems us from Egypt, which is the type of the world and the world system, where we have been serving Pharaoh, that the only way that we can do the will of the God of Israel in our lives, Pharaoh has to die. In other words, the flesh has to die. We have to get the world and the world system out of us. Pharaoh has to die in order to go into the promised land. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 4, it says, Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the sea. Now, what was the purpose of the God of Israel bringing his people out of Egypt? Even though he initially 
initially told Moses, tell Pharaoh to let my people take a three days journey into the wilderness. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 23 that he brought us out from there, that is Egypt, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swear unto our fathers, that is the land of Canaan. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 says, know you not that to whom you yield yourself servant to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. We're servants of sin, which brings death, or we're servants of righteousness. We are servants of something. We just are commanded by the God of Israel to make the right choice. But living in this world, we are a servant of something. We are not a people free unto ourselves. We're either serving sin, Pharaoh, in the world, in the world system, or we're serving the God of Israel. Now, what we want to do in looking at the events of Passover and seeing the application to our lives and how we serve the God of Israel, we're going to see and we're going to make a parallel to the parable that Yeshua told us about, the sower that sows the word. And we're going to draw that parallel to the event that happened when Moses goes to Pharaoh and requests to let his people go. Let's begin to see this parallel. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 and then verse 18, it says, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. Verse 18, And they shall hearken unto your voice, and ye shall come, you and the elders of Israel, and you will go unto the king of Egypt, that is Pharaoh, and say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now let us go, we beseech you, three days journey in the wilderness, that we may sacrifice the Lord our God. Here, the will of the God of Israel is known. Moses knows it. He is now to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Remember, Yeshua said about the parable of the sower that sows the word. How is it that you don't know this parable? How will you know any parables? For the entire kingdom of God is likened unto this principle of this parable. When the God of Israel tells Moses what his will is for Moses to do, this is comparable to the sower, who is the servant of Yahweh, which in this case is Moses, who sows the word or does the will of the God of Israel. He goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. In Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, Moses goes to Pharaoh and by the word of the God of Israel says, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me and let us go three days journey to sacrifice unto the God of Israel. What happens next is Pharaoh rejects the word of the God of Israel. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 19, the God of Israel tells Moses, he says, I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. That's in Exodus chapter 3, verse 19. That is what happens in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. Pharaoh says, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. What did Yeshua says in the parable of the sower sows the word? What did he say what would happen after the word was sown? Mark chapter 4, verse 15. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown when they have heard Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their heart. The God of Israel says, let my people go. Moses is obeying. Pharaoh comes and says, nope, I'm not going to let him go. He's coming to tell Moses what the God of Israel told you. I'm not going to permit. He's coming to take away that word. Let my people go. Next, what happens is persecution arises to test the word of the God of Israel. In Exodus chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, 
11, this is what Pharaoh says and how he responded to the words, let my people go. And the taskmasters of the people went out and their officers and they spake to the people saying, thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get you straw where you can find it, yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. In other words, you're not going to be given what you need to do your work, yet your productivity is not going to fall. In Mark chapter 4 verses 16 and 17 it says, These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, they endure for a time. Here's the principle, after the word is sown, afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. What was the response? Pharaoh persecuted the children of Israel on behalf of the word, let my people go, and he says, I'm not going to give you straw to do your work, but yet you're going to keep your productivity without the straw. So affliction or persecution arose on behalf of the word. As a result of this, the children of Israel become offended because now they have to continue their work, but they don't have what they need to do their work. Exodus chapter 5 verses 19 through 21 says, And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in an evil case. After it was said of them, You shall not diminish your bricks for your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto him, The Lord look upon you and judge because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. What does it say in Mark 4.17? When affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, those who have no root, in other words, those that do not believe the word and will stand with the word, they become offended. This is what happened to the children of Israel. They go to Moses and say, hey, look what's happened to us. This is not good. Why did you do this? Then what happens is the one who has received the word, Moses, he then questions the word or the will of the God of Israel, that which is known, that which the God of Israel has declared. So in Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore have you so evil and treated this people? Why is it that you sent me? Why am I seeking to obey you? When I obey you, things are not going right. I'm doing what you told me to do, and look, everything's falling apart. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither has he delivered your people at all, which is what you said I'm sending you to do, is that he would deliver. He hasn't delivered us. In fact, he's made our situation worse. This is spiritual principles of the kingdom. Ultimately then, those who's going to obey the God of Israel, they have to continue to be obedient even when it does not make logical sense. This is what Moses does. First, when he asks the question in Exodus chapter 8, verse 26, it is not meat to do so, that is to sacrifice a lamb, for shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God? Lo, shall we sacrifice it before their eyes, and will they not stone us? In other words, if I obey the God of Israel, things are going to be bad for me. I am going to get killed if I obey. Look what Moses says in the next verse. However, we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command us. In other words, this does not make any sense at all. But we got to obey him anyhow. This is how the entire kingdom of God operates. When you seek to obey him, you'll get to the place where by obeying him, things won't make sense to you. And that's where you got to persevere and go on. In believing and doing the will of the God of Israel, the enemy begins then to offer compromise. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject 
the events of Passover. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.